0: So, what an interesting topic, this topic of release. I did some looking, and this is an important one. Not that any of the others were not, but it was kind of important to me because it sounds like a boring topic to me. Just the whole idea that we're going to spend a whole month on elimination sounded... (laughs) Something just didn't sit with me. But as I started really looking at at what the teachings are, um, it became really obvious that this was important. And and these three words, uh, to renounce, to eliminate, and to release, are dramatically different in their definition. So if you renounce something, by definition, you turn your back to it. I renounce you, you are no longer part of my family right? Yeah, my kids will tell you that's not allowed in my house. (laughs) You can't get rid of your family. You can get rid of other things. But there are things that we renounce, aren't there? There are things that we turn our back to and say, that is not acceptable in my world. I'm not going to have it. I'm not even going to spend my time on it. Are any of you familiar with uh, Bishop John Shelby Spong? Wonderful, wonderful uh, writer, prolific teacher, really amazing person who said recently, I renounce any additional conversation about whether or not we should allow same same gender marriage. This conversation is over now. Very powerful. Not going to even talk about it anymore. We're past that. That is a renunciation. To eliminate something means it's gone. It's gone. It doesn't mean I'm eliminating sugar for two weeks from my diet. If you're going back to it, you did not eliminate it. You removed it, but if you eliminate it, it's gone, finished, done. Interestingly, to release something means to set it free, to take it out of any sense of containment. So these are three very different words that Fillmore put all together as one power, because they all have to do with decision making. They all have to have to do with how long we make the decision for and what the partic- particular topic is. So what I love about this video is it kind of shows the, the, the way things go when people hear about us the first time, you know. <laughs> That, that kind of woo-woo thing that people think we are. But Charles and Myrtle Fillmore taught practicality in all of their spiritual teachings. They named the whole movement after that practical application. And this particular topic is very much about practical application. So the subject of, of release and elimination, I got to thinking about who reminded me of that subject... Who could I tie in that would be a good fit for that subject? And the character I came up with was Oscar the Grouch. Do you all know who Oscar the Grouch is? No, some people don't know who Oscar the Grouch is. Do you have children? Did they watch Sesame Street? Yes, okay. Oscar the Grouch is the character who lives in the trash can on Sesame Street. And so, if you haven't watched this, we, you have been greatly deprived, <laughs> and we need to fix that for you. So, most of us have either grew up on or have kids who grew up on Sesame Street, and Oscar the Grouch always comes out of the top of his trash can and talks to you. Well, when Oscar was first created in his first year, he was, his color was called russet, which is the same color that uh, Charles Fillmore assigned to this particular topic, and it's about that color is what you would call russet. And he was like that, he's now green, but he was russet and he had a unibrow, very big unibrow, and, um, and he was always grouchy. He comes from a family of grouches, they're from Canada. <laughs> it's true, no offense to anybody who's here, but he is a Canadian grouch, that's the truth. And he has a girlfriend. His girlfriend's name is Grunjet. And if you lived in a trash can, you would be kind of an unhappy person too. Right? If you think about what goes in there, it would not make you happy. And he doesn't have much as far as like he lives in there. You never see the trash can get emptied. So I, when you get to watch this the the story of Oscar periodically you get to go down in his home which seems to live under the city and is a dwelling place of stacks and stacks of everything you've never you you can't even imagine because nothing ever comes out it only stays in and that is a really good example of the need for elimination so i want to talk to you today about the very practical need to go through closets, to clean out the place you're not cleaning, to really explore what you're keeping and why. This is the time of year that we are going into what what is often referred to as the dark time. The days are changing. We have more nighttime. It's going to get cold here in a few weeks. And as it does, yes, somebody said tomorrow, it's going to get cold here, and we're going to get snow. And when that happens... We want to hibernate. We want to be at home. It's natural for us to want to spend. Most of us don't want to get out on the road. And so to prepare for that, to think about preparing for that is important. And it might seem like a little bit odd to come to our spiritual gathering and talk about cleaning out your closets. But the interesting thing about what's holy is it shows up all around us. Nature shows us natural patterns so that we can follow them because we are not stewards of nature and we are not dominant over nature, but we are nature. We are one more species on the planet interacting with all of the others. And so there's something for us to learn when we pay attention. And we're all really familiar with these right now, aren't we? These are all coming off the trees. Um, Kids might be jumping on them in your yard. They're really pretty. They're actually really beautiful. They're also done. So an interesting thing I'd like you to know, we, we call this season fall because the trees are shedding their leaves and we see them. And most of us consider that the, the leaves are falling naturally from the tree. What is true is that the tree has made a decision. The tree is done. So trees create something called an abscission cell. And at this time of the year, when the leaves are no longer getting enough sun to photosynthesize carbohydrates that feed the tree, the tree says, okay, no more. You don't get to stay here. I'm not getting anything from you. Right now, you're a hitchhiker. You have to go. And so the tree at the end of each stem begins to lay. And if you look really close, you can see a little bump. Look really close on your trees begins to lay a layer of abscission cells that effectively cut off the leaf so it can be eliminated. So rather than this simply being the leaves drying up and blowing away, this is the tree saying, get off of me. Get off of me. I'm done now. I have something else to do. I need you to get off of me. And that's what I want you to think about right now in your life. What are you carrying that needs to get off of you? What is stored in your home, in your closet, that needs to go, that's taking up space? What what is in your heart that you're carrying around every day? Could be a resentment, could be an anger, could be a frustration that it's time to let go of. What will you surrender so that you can have space? Because this time of year, when those leaves fall off the trees, they don't come right back. In the dark time of the year, those leaves fall away and space is left. Eventually, something new will grow. But those same leaves are not coming back, are they? They have been eliminated. Yes. Done. Let go. So I want you to imagine that you're back in spring now. How many of you have a tree in your yard or or tree that you are familiar with? Okay. Do you remember what it looks like when all the new leaves are coming out and there's that one branch that still has the dead leaves from last year? Do you remember that? And you look at it and think, oh, I wish I could get up high enough to cut that branch off. And get those dead leaves, because that tree would be so pretty if all of that stuff would go. Right? So what happens in your life when you choose not to release? What happens when you choose to just hold on? Everything else that wants to grow around you is affected by that. The beauty of who you are, the beauty of your expression is affected by what you're holding on to that you don't need anymore. And we have lots of reasons for keeping things. Somebody gave this to me. Someone very dear gave this to me. I couldn't possibly give it away. Okay. You could take a picture of it. You could start a journal of things you love that people have given you. And put a picture in there and write who gave it to you and when you got it and why it was dear and what it felt like when you received it and let it go. Because the thing is, we have a world full of people needing things that are in our closets. We have a world full of people waiting. And it's, you know, I hated it when my mom said, there are people starving in China. Well, we might not be able to feed the people in China, but there are people who need coats right now. It's going to get cold. How many coats do you have in your closet that you really wear? Right, The ones that you don't, it's time to let them go. We do some interesting things. We're a very consumer-oriented society, and I'm going to tell you something that shocks me because I did a little research on it. I would like to know if anyone has any idea how many water bottles, empty water bottles, we generate in the United States in one second. In one second. 1,500 a second in the United States. 1,500 water bottles a second in the United States. We generate in one week enough water bottles in the United States to the landfill to circle the planet five times in our country. And what we do with our water bottles is we, when we give them to the recycling place, is we wrap them all up and we take them to India. And in India, they have huge stacks of them. And a very few are regenerated into new bottles. Most of them are recycled into one-time use, into something that can only be used one time. So we have all these reasons for why we have to use these bottles, don't we? We have what's called... um, uh, uh, I hate it when I can't remember what I want to talk about. We have merchandise uh, demand created by this, the commercial entity. So for example, I'm sorry, manufactured demand. Thank you. I remembered it last time. We have manufactured demand. So let me tell you what that looks like. Anybody here work for Fuji water, for Fiji water? Thank you. Good. Okay. So in Cleveland, Fiji water decided that it was an untapped market and they wanted to sell more water there. So they put up a billboard campaign that said there's a problem with the drinking water, with the tap water um, in Cleveland, and our water is much better and much safer, and you need to be drinking our water. Well, thankfully, the city of Cleveland said, that's not true, I don't believe you, and they did the scientific studies to prove that their drinking water was not only a little bit better, but substantially better than what was being bottled by Fiji Water. But they managed, if, if someone had not challenged that, they would have created a demand in the market that produced sales. And that's how it is with a lot of stuff that we use. A lot of stuff we believe we have to do a certain way because we're being educated as consumers. And this, when we're talking about release, is a really important subject Because I'm encouraging you to empty your closets. What are you going to do with all that stuff? What's going to happen now? There's a difference between eliminating falling to the ground and sweeping up and putting in the trash can or eliminating falling to the ground and becoming the rich nourishing soil that our leaves become for the next year. We have to think about what we're clearing. So I don't want you to think about, can you clear your whole house of everything you don't want? I want you to think about, can you go through the things that you have in your house that are completely usable and give them away consciously? Can you think about what you're ready to send back out into the world as usable abundance? which is very different than just cleaning up the mess, isn't it? If we were responsible, really responsible in our process of release, we would be sending abundance out into the world because we would be considering what we're taking in as something we ultimately have to pass on. So this process is a big one. This topic of release is a big topic. And it has to do with more than just cleaning out a closet. It has to do with how we live on the, on the planet and how we take care of each other and what we choose to be, whether we choose to be people who have no conscience about how we consume or we choose to be people understanding how very abundant and gifted we are, how much we have that could make a difference. And if we choose that path, then through release and elimination, we have the opportunity to be in gratitude through the whole thing, to look at each item that we pick up and choose to lovingly pass on as, as affirmation for how much we've received. So I'm inviting you to do something physical this week. I'm inviting you to look at your life through the eyes of Of your abundance. And instead of cleaning out so that you can just have space, clean out so you can be grateful. And when you clean out, as my husband so lovingly reminds me over and over, don't fill the space. Right? Don't fill the space. There's a reason those trees don't fill the space, because something new is trying to get to us. And if we clean out and we make space, we will rest in a different way this winter. We live in a a world that fills us full of messages and stress and stuff, and I get to see you in my office and see what that's doing to you. I know what it does to me. We are affected by everything we see, everything we hear, everything we smell, everything we touch, everything that surrounds us. That means every picture on your wall is taking a certain percentage of your focus. It takes energy to have that. It takes energy to look at those 12 pictures. Even if you're not looking up at the wall, if you glance, if you turn your head, they're taking a bit of your focus. How much in your home is taking your energy. Look at where you can simplify so you can rest this winter. So that when we get to spring and it's time to create again, we have the full amount of energy we possibly can have to go forward. Because we're all engaged in a huge time of transformation and we're making the world different right now. And these things, these very practical Everyday things, these make a difference. I have a couple quotes for you on the topic of release. Charles Fillmore said, it is just as necessary that one should learn to let go of thoughts, conditions, and substances in consciousness, body, and affairs when they have served their purpose and no longer, and no one no longer needs them, as it is that one should lay hold of new ideas and new substances to meet one's daily requirements. Therefore, it is very necessary that the eliminative faculty be quickened in one and a right balance between receiving and giving, laying hold and letting go, be established. Lin Yutang said, Besides the noble art of getting things done, there is the noble art of leaving things undone. The wisdom of life consists in the elimination of non-essentials. Albert Hubbard said, the sculptor produces the beautiful statue by chipping away such parts of the marble block as are not needed. It is a process of elimination. Anthony Lassone said, to ease the pain, eliminate the anger. Alan Cohen said, you empower what you fight. You withdraw power from what you release. And finally, it's anonymous. Autumn is the second spring with every leaf a flower.